This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Me and Java Chapman, my awesome producer, and Kevin Farrell, who's uh, also an awesome producer, and uh, he's our phone greeter this morning. For the next hour, we're just going to be talking about gardening. It's uh, the in-between thing. It's too... Let me back up. The horticulturist in me says it's too early to plant summer stuff. The gardener says it's a gamble. Last time I checked, it's legal to gamble in the garden. So anyway, if you feel like planting stuff on this beautiful weekend, you go for it. But um, I wouldn't plant any more than you can fix later. We got a long summer ahead of us. Folks, you can plant a summer garden in April, May, June, July, and August and get a harvest before winter. So there ain't no big rush. I know your juices are going, but we're going to be talking about some things you can plant this weekend that will be fun and satisfying and productive and interesting and pretty. You can eat it when you're tired of looking at it, and then it'll be just right time to plant stuff for summer. We're going to be talking about that and an heirloom plant and one of my favorite native plants. Um, that's what we do here. But actually, that's what I do. What we do is wait for you to give us a call to talk about gardening, because that's what I'm here for. It is live. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I got opinions as a gardener, as a horticulturist. I don't care. I don't care. Excuse me. It's not I don't care. It doesn't matter to me which way you choose to garden. I'll be glad to help you. And again, it's toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring And uh, so sit back and settle in and think about giving us a call. But meanwhile, we're going to slide up to just south of the Tennessee line to South Haven, Mississippi. Hey, Becca, how are you this morning? Fine, Felder. Good morning. How are you? Howdy. So far, so good. Not so bad. I just want you to know you're my favorite podcast. You're the one that goes, <laughs> I can't skip one with you. <laughs> Java's in there pumping the air. All righty. We appreciate okay. that. Thanks. Hey, well, thanks for being part of the program. Okay. Um, I, last year, last year was the first year I really got back to my garden. I think COVID did a lot for people's yards and gardens because we were home and looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it did. And, uh, by the way, it taught me that I'm more of an expert than a real gardener. I planted a lot of stuff, didn't harvest much, but I had a good time learning that I'm just okay as a gardener. <laughs> well, I had this one, um, some people say a weed is a plant out of place, but I definitely had a plant out of place. I finally got somebody with a chainsaw to help me get it out. I mean, you know, I would go in and pick at it, and um, it was—I think it was called Winter Creeper. Yeah. And that thing, I think of Kathy Bates on um, Waterboy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's totally out of place in my yard. And, yeah. Um, it looks like—I mean, we cut it, and well, she cut it, and dug it up what we could, and yeah. got rid of it, and sprayed it some, and. I think I'm seeing. It's hard to tell with just the yeah, just the bark. Right. It looks like some of it is wanting to come back. It, and it, it, it will. Here's the deal: winter creeper is actually a type of euonymus. You know, like the golden shrub, lot of plant. It's a ground cover type of euonymus, and it's a really tough, durable plant, especially for the shade. It'll take some sun. But here's the deal: every little piece of the stem. 
of a euonymus will root. So unless you get all of it, what's left will root and sprout back out again. So that that's sort of the bad news. The good news is if you dug and chopped and pulled and got a bunch of stuff out, what's coming back is not going to be that much. And if you get on top of it, you got it. In other words, pulling the weeds like this is not a one-shot thing. But every if you stay on top of it, every time mm-hmm. it comes back, if you pull that, it gets less and less. And after two or three pullings, it's gone. Okay. Now, I know with some people there's no such thing as this, but I try to be like 80% organic. I'm 95% organic. Yeah. I like to be organic, but some villains like this thing, I really want I mean, I'm all in favor of chemical warfare. I, 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 I'm with you. But here's it. There's not a weed killer that's going to work really, really well on it or Asiatic jasmine because they have slick leaves, and weed killers beat up and roll off. So you have to up the doses until you're starting to cause other problems. Weed killers are not a problem. Overusing them too strong or too often is a problem. But anyway, your best bet is to get out on a pretty day when the ground is kind of warm, you know, uh, kind of, kind like of moist. Today. Well, yeah. if, if the ground is moist, you know, things come up real, real easy when the ground is moist. And just go out and just, you know, pull up as much as you can and then stick a note on the refrigerator to go back in a couple of three months and if there's any left. In other words, stay on top of Don't let what's out there get reestablished. Pull it before it has a chance to really... It doesn't have underground roots so much as it got stems that are on the ground and can get covered up so in other words you pull up as much as you can then make a note to go back and pull up what little bit before it gets reestablished. And that's, that's, okay that's so the, the, most so the effective best one. weed killer is the shovel huh <laughs> oh and in this case it is it, is it's as effective or more because again some some plants just got slick leaves and weed killers just don't work you know i'm in favor of not using any kind of products period Chemical, uh-huh. natural, whatever. But at the same time, I'm aware that used correctly, the ones that you can buy, you know, not uh-huh. like back in the 70s and 80s when I first started all this stuff, the stuff you can buy today really is not that big a deal unless you overdo it. Right. So anyway, pull, right. uh, p- pull it up and and, uh, and uh, put it in little pots, what you pull up with some potting soil. And when nobody's looking, go stick it down at the library or something. Let it loose out <laughs> in the woods. No, I don't anyway, want to curse the library with that. You, you, if you stay on top of it, Becca, you can get rid of it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Hey, hey thanks for joining us. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, yeah. If Here's my approach towards towards problems in, this, in, in order of importance. If you can't fix it, flee it, or fight it, flow with it. And by the way, she mentioned that a weed is any plant out of place. That's a human-centric approach that they teach master gardeners and horticulture a weed is a plant a a corn growing in a rose bed is a weed rose growing in a cornfield is a weed how about this a weed is any plant having to deal with an unhappy human so there you go Uh, let's go up to corinth uh, the other the northeast part of the state hey mike how are you sir hey good morning howdy uh have a beautiful day oh man uh we have two large uh, lower pedlands that are looking pretty rough. Uh, uh, I can't remember what month last year, whether it was the middle of August or September or October. I pruned them back from about six or seven feet to about four feet tall. Yeah. And uh, plus we had that week of snow and ice uh, yeah. last month. Uh, which, which really burned them. Even down in south Mississippi, the lower pedlands got their leaves burned bad. 
Okay. Well, my question is, uh, when should we expect uh, new growth? Um, it, it's, it, well, it's, it's hard to say it, it, in the next two or three weeks. But here, here's the deal. Depend, you know, is this already starting on the coast? But you know, there's a two or three week lag between the coast and what you see up in North Mississippi. Um, right. But now here, here's a couple of the, as the new leaves come on, the old leaves, the bad looking stuff will shed. You know, but now it's going to look kind of bare. What I do, Mike, is I go out with your fingernail or a little knife and barely scratch the bark here and there. And if it's bright green right under the bark, that part of the plant is alive and it'll sprout. You may want to go ahead and cut it back even further and then let it, because where you cut it last year, the new growth is going to come out right there. So you might want to cut it back a little bit more, which will fill it out more at the bottom and actually stimulate fast new growth. It'll be a little bit prettier and thicker. You know, you don't have okay. to, but you know, if you just do nothing, it's going to sprout back out. But you're going to have to go back and neaten it up, or you can just go in and bite the bullet now and just cut it back, let it sprout back out, no big deal. Okay, I was I was afraid maybe I'd cut it back too much. Uh, you can cut these but, to to six eight inches tall, and they'll sprout back out. But but oh, keep in mind, right? wherever you make the cut, the new cup cut the new growth comes out right there. So if you cut it high, it's going to put out high. It's still going to be kind of naked low. You might want to try cutting some stems at different levels, some kind of low, some medium, and some high, just to have a fuller plant. Okay, yeah. so uh, nick the bark uh, right at the top. No, in, anywhere, in, anywhere, anywhere on the yeah. plant. You can practice on any kind of plant. The bright green tissue that's right under the bark, that's the living part. If it's not bright green, that part's been frozen. And uh, okay. and by the way, another alternative would be to cut so, thin out some of the lower limbs and let it grow on up and be a small tree form thing with with sort of bare naked uh, trunks at the bottom. A lot of people do that lower petalum. I say instead of a shrub, just yeah. make it look like a tree, sort yeah. of like just, a, yeah, just 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 thin out all but you know two or three or four branches down there, which would become main limbs down the road. You know, that's, that's you know once you do that, you're done pruning forever. Plant something shorter up under it. Okay, I see. Okay, but meanwhile, uh, don't, don't worry, it'll, it'll it'll happen. Okay, I appreciate the info. Okay, thank you for your call, man. Yep. All righty. Oh, we're getting a lot of calls. Sagos look bad. Sago, they're not palms. Everybody calls them sago palms, but they look bad. And uh, in extreme North Mississippi, some may have gotten killed because that, that happens. It was cold. But most of the place, most of the time, the leaves look bad. You can either cut them off or spray paint them. It doesn't really matter. The new growth is going to come out the top. What's up, Java? Well, I was just going to say before we go to Ica in uh, Magnolia, we were talking off we were talking off air um, about some of the new plants that you just planted. Uh huh. And we and you say you you put yourself on notice. <laughs> I, I did. You know, I admitted with the first caller that I'm a garden expert. I've written the books. I got the degrees and blah 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 blah. But actually producing something like actually growing tomatoes, that always happened with me because I think I overthink is what I do. But uh, the day before yesterday, I put out uh, a dozen cauliflower plants. I put some broccoli out too, but some cauliflower plants because fingers crossed, uh, as soon as it starts producing, you and I are going to have a, the, the southern, the the the, uh, the food. Uh, I'm drawing the, cali- the cauliflower wings. The, the buffalo the cauliflower buffalo wings. The buffalo cauliflower wings. We're going we're gonna to try that. So we're going to see. We're going to see. Well, I, I can't wait for it. The, res- the recipe is ready. We're just waiting on the cauliflower. Well, I worked the dirt up. I planted the nice plants. I watered them in. I got a mulch. I even have insect netting over to keep the green worms off. So we will see if I can actually walk the walk. 
We'll see. Anyway, let's go down to Magnolia, the capital, the, the county seat of Pike County. Hey, Ike, how are you? Greetings, Howdy. Mr. Felder. How yeah. are you today? So far, so good. What's up? I was wondering if you could give me a little advice about our spring planting. Mm-hmm. Our, our, we have just cleared about 250 feet by 40 feet, and it's our lo- first large-scale, like, planting. Just, just like for, for a vegetable garden type thing? It'll be for a pollinator benefit, like uh-huh. pollinator butterfly garden. It's a big area. The reason I'm asking, it's a big area. It's it's uh, about twice as big as my whole yard. Right. So usually what we do is in order to suppress weeds, we would cardboard and then do a system called um, maybe lasagna gardening. Yeah, Have the, you heard of that? I actually know the woman who wrote the book. And all it is is she just put a fancy name on layering stuff. Right. It's a layering process with the mulch, the manure, um, and compost that we make from our vermi bins. Right. Usually we we would cardboard in order to suppress the weeds and give the plants a good start. Yeah. But because of the amount of area right now on the property. It's a lot of cardboard. Yeah, eight eight four by five bales of uh, straw Mm -hmm. and eight tons of chicken manure. That's a lot of manure. That's a lot of manure. It's a lot of. It's ten acres though, so you know it could be composted. Yeah. So what I want to know is, should I roll out the bales and then put the manure on, or should I get someone to come? And use a tiller and till all of those amendments in. Uh, do you have beds out there, or is it just a big area you're gonna you're gonna carve up? It the previous owners used the space as a shooting range. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so saying, but we, we have were, a, what, what are you gonna do? You're gonna have all flat thing or long skinny rows? You're gonna have beds or curved areas or what? How are you gonna do it? Mm. I was thinking that it would be easier to just roll the bales out and then have the man spread the chicken manure mm. and then utilize black plastic to solarize the hay in case it had seeds and yeah. then plant in a month. Yeah. But uh, should I till it instead? That's what I want to know. Not, not, I would till it. I would, this could be some old boy out from, from Magnolia with a small tractor and a disc and have him disc it. That's mm-hmm. a that's a big area. Have some other little small tractor come in and cut it up really good for you. If you can get it cut up really good one time, then it stay that way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you end up what's called a hard pan. You know, if you till it, as deep as the tiller goes, that's as deep as it could be. It can have a smooth bottom after that. So if you can have somebody right. come in the first time and really do a good job of disking it up, uh, then then and then spread stuff on top of that. It'll be a whole lot better. Yeah. You know, then then you'll and it's not going to kill all your worms and stuff. You know. Uh, this is mm-hmm. anyway. Have it cut as deep as you can the first time. And uh, by the way, black plastic doesn't solarize stuff. Clear it doesn't? Pl- clear plastic. Clear plastic lets the sun through and heat up the the uh, the the moisture in the soil. Which is what steams the stuff, sort of like a car window. You know, if you leave your car windows up, it gets hot. But if you put that that uh, 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 dark stuff 
you know, people put in their windshield to mm-hmm. keep the sun out, it doesn't heat up as much. Mm. So you would use clear mm. plastic. Anyway, to answer, ah. there's not enough heat there really practically in our climate to do 100% solarization. You can have weeds anyway. So what I would do is I right. would plan to garden with them rather than to try to get rid of them, which is simply impossible in our climate. And besides right. that, solarization also does big damage on, on your worms. They got to get down right. deep real quick. But anyway, back back to this thing, uh, Ike. I'm, I'm real curious about this. You, is this area kind of rectangular or square or what? It's rectangular. It's a long okay. dale yeah. that was a shooting range. So yeah, yeah. we're afraid of the lead. So uh, don't, we thought don't, 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 that we would do the uh, pollinator garden. Yeah. Well, it, you know? and by the way, the lead is not absorbed in the plant. It's not going to be a problem. Unless you physically mm-hmm. chew in on your fingernails with the dirt under your fingernails, that's mm-hmm. not that big a deal. And besides that, people are gonna, sh- you know, hopefully they're not gonna shoot, you know, right in the middle of it. Anyway, what I'm getting at is it's a lot more efficient to have beds rather than a farm type thing. You know, if you could have them disc up yeah. areas that are maybe five or six feet wide with some space in between for walking. Then, uh, yeah. you, then you'll find out that you'll find that that's easier. It's more interesting. You're more likely to be able to get in there and do stuff. And you can treat each one of those almost like a separate garden and plant as needed. Instead of doing the whole thing at once, you can do a bed as needed. In other words, break that it up. And, break it up into into several smaller individual gardens and treat them like separate gardens. That sounds great because we are cutting down the loblolly and the new growth pine yeah. in order to make room. Yeah. And we can utilize those. I've been utilizing those to make like sort of beds yeah. in the truck garden at the top of the hill. That's, so that's the way you do it. We you, can you, just continue that. That's right. You don't have to have, you know, beds don't have to have sides on them unless you got a slope or something like that. That's more for convenience and looks in your kind of area. Just, just beds. With some walking, nobody's going to think it's a real farm unless we have rows and rows of things. Uh, you know, the, excuse bed. me, excuse me. That is so. <laughs> that is old school, gal. That is really old school. This is the this is the way it's been done for centuries everywhere except here, where we have a lot of farm stuff. Everywhere I go, from Japan to Africa, South America, England, they have beds, not rows. A far, farmers have rows. Beds are what gardeners do. And like I said, if you break it up into two, three, four, eight individual gardens, they're a whole lot easier to manage. Heard that. And I thank you so much for the advice. We'll go forward with that. We're looking for the tractor guy in Magnolia, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. You call, call, <laughs> call, the, call the county extension office. He'll know. There's going to be some. You got family down here? Um. Actually, my I was born in Meridian, Mississippi. So, well, the, I, I, what I'm saying is, there's going to be somebody around there with a with a little small little small tractor and a, a cutting disc, and it'll yes. be a lot cheaper, whole lot cheaper, and and better. Yes, Magnolia, Mississippi has been very good to this transplant. Yeah, so, good. I thank you very much. Right. Hey, I want to throw I, I want to throw out a real oddball thing. You know, Magnolia used to be a fellow there who was the original rhinestone cowboy. What? Is it? Did <laughs> he, he live next door to the he, he, uh, he Leonard Skinner he, Memorial uh, Monument? Uh, <laughs> he, he just, uh, house right Is there he on, on exit eight. Uh, he, no, it's on Highway Fifty One, <laughs> going right through town. Anyway, I mean, he had rhinestones on his glasses and on his teeth. 
<laughs> anyway. Sounds ha- very sparkly. Have, have fun, Ica. <laughs> hey, uh, call anytime. Thank you. You bet. Thank you, sir. <laughs> See ya. Oh, yeah, she got a what, a what we call a long road to hoe. It is so much easier to be, take a big area and break it up into two or three or four. You know, so much easier, so much easier. And um, at least some walkways in between them, something you can mow, something you can stand on, something you can put your feet on when it's muddy, which it is a lot of the time. And I'm talking about if you've got an area the size of a garage, a 10-foot by 10-foot area, it can be broken up into two nicer gardens. This is the way it's, it's just easier. It's called raised bed or row gar- or, or uh, wide row gardening. So anyway, we're going to take a little bit of a break. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Me and Java Chapman here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Going to take a real quick break after that. Oh, and I got a really sweet song coming up for this morning. Let's stick with this, folks. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Hey, this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour arts interview show on think radio every week myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative mississippians we talk with visual artists musicians writers as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities we hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process you can hear the arts hour every sunday at 5 p.m on think radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. A couple of events coming up. Let me throw them out real quick before we go to the next call. One is next weekend, Friday, March the 19th, Saturday, March the 20th. Crosby Arboretum is going to have this wonderful native plant sale. Uh, they have trees and shrubs and perennials and wild, just all sorts of stuff. They have a really good collection. Uh, Crosby Arboretum is right outside of Picayune, Mississippi, the frontage road back behind Walmart. I mean, let's 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 give a something anybody can find at Walmart. The frontage road back behind there. Uh, Crosby Arboretum is uh, uh, a really cool place. But anyway, the pl- plant sale starts at nine. Over at 3, Friday and Saturday, social distancing and mask and all like that. But I went there last year, and they had some terrific plants. Anyway, Crosby Arboretum, Friday and Saturday, 9 to 3, um, their, their plant sale. I got something coming up the Max in a couple of weeks. I'll talk about that in, in a bit. I think it'll be a lot of fun. But let's slide up to Oxford, to Lafayette County, talk with Susan. Good morning. Thank you for holding. Good morning, Felder. Thanks for taking my call. You and bet. Good morning, Java. I've, uh, I have a quick question. So, you know, the camellias were just gorgeous this year, and I had a plant that I wanted to replace um, and, and put a camellia in there. So I went to the garden store, and I took a little clipping from my existing camellia bush. It's about six feet tall. It's at least, I don't know, it was here when we moved in 11, 12 years ago. So it's done really well. And the owner of the garden store said, oh, well, because I wanted to match it. I know they're different kinds. And he said, you've got T-scale yep. on your plants. Yep, and, real, real common. So my question is, this camellia has done beautifully. Um, 
do I need to address the T-scale? Is it going to harm my other plants? And I don't like to use any, you know, poisons yeah. and things in my garden. Yeah. So what do you recommend? Well, for, first of all, this is really, really common. It's called T-scale because it grows on camellias, is what they make tea from. That's, that's where it gets its name. Oh. <laughs> all the tea in China is made from camellias. In, 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 but a different kind of camellia, but still camellia. Uh, this is the insect that, that hatches in the spring from overwintering adults, and the young crawlers crawl up on the new growth, the twigs and the underside of leaves, attach themselves, lose their legs, cover themselves with a waxy covering, and there's nothing you can do about it after that. So the only really effective way to control them is to catch them when the, uh, unless you want to use a really, <clears throat> excuse me, a real strong systemic insecticide, which I just don't recommend, uh, would be to, in the late winter, before, the, you can probably still do it, before the new leaves come out, spray the plant, undersize the leaves and everything with what's called a dormant oil. It's considered organic, by the way. Organic gardening. Gardeners use it. What this does, you spray it on the twigs and the bottom of the leaves, and it covers up the adults with just a thin film, and it, and, and the young one, and it smothers them. They can't really crawl. And you can control it pretty much for the whole year or more if you can catch this young stays this year before they attach themselves. And then in turn, they don't, they're not there to lay eggs for the next year. So a dormant oil on the underside of the leaves, sometime when it's not going to be above about 80, but not freezing, and before the new leaves come on. So, you know, you might be able to do it this weekend. If you want to control it. Now, if you step back a little bit, take your glasses off, it disappears. Yeah. Not not that big a deal. My great-grandmother's camellias planted before my dad was born have had T-scale all of my life, and they bloom just great. It just makes the leaves not look that great. Okay. Well, it, it, the plant sure seems healthy and vigorous. Yeah. And my, my other question was, did you think this hard freeze could have affected it? Uh, in what way? Uh, killed them? No, no, not at all, not at all. Okay. No, this is no, this is, scale is a it's a durable little bug. <clears throat> if you know, the, it, it affects the leaves that are yet. To, the new growths could come out fine. The young crawlers will come out in the spring and spread on those. And by next fall, they're going to make them look kind of stippled. It's kind of crusty-looking stuff on the bottom of the leaves, and the tops of the leaves have kind of a stippled, yellow, spotty-looking effect. If that doesn't bother you, it's not going to bother the plant. Okay. But well, but if, I'm if, let it, if I'm you do, let them thrive over there. Is if if you know walk halfway across the yard, turn around, take your glass off. The plant looks gorgeous. You don't have a problem. But All if you right. if you, you if so you do much. want to do something, spray the underside of the leaves with dormant oil and do it real soon before the new growth comes out. All right, I appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Thanks you, for the show. It's you, always interesting. Well, thanks for being part of it. Oh, we got our sweet little tune coming up, and I've also been arranging the stuff I brought in today, my heirloom plant, my native plant, and my edibles. My edibles are different kinds of lettuces, Swiss chard, and kale. I've got blue, I've got burgundy, I've got red, yellow, green, uh, uh, all kinds of beautiful little combination of of leaves that are growing on plants that you can plant right now, you can take a pinch of lettuce seeds, get two or three different kinds. This is great for kids, by the way. Two or three different kinds of lettuce, mix the seeds up, and put a tiny little pinch of those mixture of those seeds in little cups, egg cartons or whatever. And when they sprout, transplant them into bigger pots or flower beds or whatever. And you have nice little tufts of mixed salads. And they'll grow from seed to harvest 
in just weeks, way before it's too hot, way before it's time to start planting tomatoes and other stuff. Really colorful, really pretty, fun, quick results, and you can eat it when you're tired of looking at it. Mixed lettuces. It's called a mesclun, M-E-S-C-L-U-N, a mixed salad. So do a little Mississippi mesclun this weekend with the kids. Now let's go slide over to Water Valley and talk with Hannah. Good morning, Hannah. How are you? I'm good. Good morning, Selber. Thanks for making my call. Sure. Um, I have a building site next door to my house, and I'm a I'm a painter. I'm an artist, and my husband is building me a, a studio next door. So I'm excited, and I really want to plant some landscaping once it's all done. And I wanted your advice. I'm not going to be spending a lot of time tending to the landscaping right. and it's sort of a stark white building with vinyl siding and it's kind of modern and I was really hoping that I could put something on the north side of the building where I'll have foot traffic. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to have a lot of sun but that's really the, the what people will see. Yeah. Um, and I really want to do something that climbs on the building. Yeah. Well, you're not going to have anything that's going to climb on the metal side and be on. You're going to have to put a structure for it to climb on. Okay. Okay. Now, here's what I recommend. And, and we got plenty of time to plant stuff, but as far as the structure, make it where whatever you build for it to climb on is something that makes people feel good, kind of artsy. And yeah. the, you know this stuff, when they pour concrete... Uh, big, they put this wire mesh down in it. It's got the holes or squares are like six inches yeah. by six inches. It's yeah. really heavy. You can buy the rolls at, at like Home Depot and stuff. If you put some posts up, some rustic posts or some contemporary posts, or not four by fours because they look cheap, but four by mm-hmm. six or six, some really nice posts, and then stretch that stuff between and out from your wall a little bit. Because it's mm-hmm. awfully hot. That even in the summertime, the sun actually comes up in the northeast and sets in the northwest. In the summertime, middle of the summer, it's hot there. Anyway, if you stretch this stuff out a, a few inches, and then instead of having it where it's a big rectangle of this mesh, cut holes in it so it's sort of like irregular. You know, okay. not you, you know what I'm saying. Just cut some yeah. of that stuff out. And let it rust. It's a pretty color, and all sorts of vines can can grow on it. The quickest I can think of would be to plant you some gourds out there. They grow fast. They grow really, really fast, and they make those gourds. And then you could plant other things on it as well, some flowering things like um, uh, cypress vine or, you know, any of those kind of things. But gourds are really fast. They're really bold. And even if they don't get a lot of sun, they look good, and they're fast. Okay. Um, do you still have your gourd house? You, didn't you make a whole structure like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The gourd house is a yeah, – I, I grew – I think I had grew seven or eight gourds last year. But I've got a big arbor that I grew all sorts of vines on. But the main thing is make your structure to where by itself it looks good. If you go with four-by-six posts, paint them some fun colors. You know, attach some artwork to it. Put some finials on the top. Put wings on it like – like uh, totem poles. In other words, make you a structure that makes you feel good when you look at it, and then we can grow some vines on it. Okay. And then in the winter, what's going to happen? Is it just going to be my structure? Yeah, but but ain't it cool? 
<laughs> you know, I mean, that's the whole idea. You can make it where it's just a row of poles, a couple, you know, uh, two or four or however many you want out, uh, out on one side. You can have it where if there's a sidewall, have a double row where they walk under like an arbor type thing. But make the poles pretty, you know, make it with something you can paint colors or you can attach uh, little you know, things to it. In other words, make it art. You know, think okay. think contemporary totem pole type thing. Okay. Okay. That's, that's I mean, really cool. You're in Water Valley. You can get away with it. You know, Water Valley yeah. has that reputation of being an artsy place. Well, let's yeah. artsy it up, and I want to see some pictures. Okay. All right. I'll send you some pictures. And, and, and that'll give them something to do, get them out of your way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have fun with it, though. All right, I will. Hey, one more thing, Felder. Yeah. I said I wasn't going to do this. I don't want to give you dead air. Uh, several years ago, you came and visited my family in Starkville, and my father had many stones, and he was helping build this build up here in Wally now. And this been is a woodwork, and I don't remember any things or not, but it's Water Valley now. Well, I, I, we we had a little bit of breakup. I didn't hear all the your dad and Startville and Water Valley. You're you're a miniature Stonehenge. I I don't know why we got a bad connection here. I can't. <laughs> anyway, well, right. it, what, is is it a good thing or a bad thing you're saying? It's it's good. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Java, was it just me? Or yeah, was it no, breaking? that was that was kind of strange because uh, we appreciate you calling, Hannah, and I really wish we could have understood what because it was something about you visiting her family in Starkville, and then it was something about her dad, and then it kind of it kind of faded away, and we couldn't really understand it. It sounded it sounded heartwarming, but <laughs> well, I tell you what, I tell you what, let's 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 play a little sweet tune and come back with more of Stark Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcast. And folks, I have such a good time doing this. Thank y'all for coming to this party.
Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing, Java Chapman, and other folks here at MPB. Welcome you. Uh, before we take this call, let me mention in uh, three weeks we got an interesting thing coming up. I did it last year and it worked. It was so much fun. Um, most of you have heard about the Max over Meridian. It's a Mississippi arts. Um, I can't remember, arts and entertainment experience. It is right downtown, right by the train station. It is one of the nicest museums in the South. B.B. King Museum up in Indianola is nice, too. But this is cool, and it features the, the artists, the musicians, the, the, the actors, all the, the folks who have made Mississippi smile. And uh, anyway, in three weeks, the first weekend in, in April, uh, Good Friday and the Saturday, I'm going to be doing another thing at the Max. And Friday is going to be uh, what, what we call uh, Felder, uh, the Gestalt Gardener on the road. Uh, we're going to do a live broadcast from this studio. And uh, we're welcome to all, f- folks to come in and join us. The first, I think, 10 or so, I can't remember exactly how many, the, the, the first few will actually be in the little studio because of social distance. But they've got uh, an, a bigger area outside uh, where they're going to have it broadcast. And they would do a little meet and greet type thing. But, uh, you know, that's on Friday, Good Friday, the 1st of April. Uh, the the next day, Saturday, I'm going to be doing a presentation on Maverick Gardeners, his new book published by University Press of Mississippi about determined independent gardeners. I mean, if you remember Dr. Dirt, this is all about Dr. Dirt and, uh, and our wild experience in his garden, people who garden outside the lines. It's a, a sweet little look at at people who do their own thing. Anyway, that's going to be on that Saturday. Uh, if you want information about this, you need to go to the um, uh, to, to to the the Max website. It's uh, msarts dot. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. I'll give it to you in a second. I got I got to look at it on my phone. But anyway, the details are on the the Max website. I give that it's msarts something org. I, I'll give it just a second. But the first uh, few who sign up for it will be in the studio audience. We had so much fun last year. I'm going to be interviewing a, uh, a gal from the Van Zyverden Bulb Company, which is the largest bulb importer in the United States, looks there Meridian. In msarts.org. Thank you, Java. This reason, you're the boss. msarts.org. Org, uh, Look forward to seeing some. We had a lot of fun last year. Again, live broadcast on Friday, a little meet and greet, and then a, a, a presentation and a plant swap on that Saturday. Now, let's slide up to uh, or down to southwest Mississippi. Richard, been hanging on a long time. I appreciate it. What's going on, man? Well, I got more time and money anyway, so <laughs> yeah. it don't matter. Yeah. Uh, quick question. I think you just answered my question that the last column, but Gord. Can I still plant? 
uh, it's, it's still way too early to plant. Oh, okay. It's been so long uh, that I've uh, planted them, I don't forgot. Yeah, you know. about the only summer thing that is okay to plant this year, this time of year is corn. Corn will take pretty cool soil, but most everything else, if you wait, not till the temperature, till the soil warms up. And, yeah. you know, not past last frost, but till the soil warms up. We're looking at April. Okay. And they will jump. Matter of fact, you know, the, the later you plant them, the warmer the dirt is, the quicker they're going to sprout. Okay. What kind are you going to plant? I'd, I'd have to look at the – I had some uh, – uh, I can't think, but I, it's in a package, and I, I have to find the package and yeah. find uh, what the name is. Well, I planted some birdhouses last year. This year I'm going to well, try to – uh, this year I'm gonna try to grow what they call the long-handled dipper gourds. You know, they they about the size of a, you know, you can barely put your hand around the base, the two hands around the bottom, but but a, like a two and a half, three foot stem on long dipper gourd. What I'm gonna grow this year? Yeah, but uh, let's let, let's wait till it, April. Okay, but it's the birdhouse. As soon as you said birdhouse, that's yeah. what these are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have one of those mornings, aren't you, Richard? Every morning, what you talking about? <laughs> Appreciate your call, man. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, now let's slide up to Mabin, central Mississippi. What's up, Richard? Hi. I bought a redwood tree out in California. Uh-huh. And I brought it back home, and it made the trip fine, and I planted it, and it grew pretty well. For how long? And it, well, till this winter. Yeah. Uh, now it the, the instructions said it could stand up to twenty below. Yeah, it can. But I I wasn't going to expose it to that kind of weather. You know, when it dropped down to down into the twenties here, I brought it inside. It'll, it'll do fine outside. Now I'm just going to do as it'll do as fine as a redwood can do. Redwoods generally don't grow that well here. The the, okay. the the ones they have out there don't, because they're Mediterranean climate type plants. They don't like hot, humid, wet, eighty degrees in the middle of the summer night. They like it where it cools down at night. Well, I think the soil that I planted it in, or the potting soil, was what I could get at the time when I got back here. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it's packed down pretty tight. Yeah, well, and it's. And it's holding too much water, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, it hasn't leafed out yet, so I'd go ahead and think about just repotting it. And then go ahead and put it outside. Repot it in some better potting soil. Maybe a bit, if you're going to keep it in a pot, you know, you know that you know how big these things get, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, go, go ahead and repot it. Before it sprouts its leaves out, it's perfectly okay to do that. And then set it outside. Leave it outside. Yeah. Well, I'll be gone before it gets too big. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, but in, in that case, I'd go ahead and work up some dirt outside where it's got pretty good drain, where it doesn't stay wet in the winter, and just put it outside and enjoy it, you know? All right. All right. Yeah, Thanks it, a lot. You bet. The red, red, I'll try to re, repot it, and uh, it said to leave it in a pot for two years. Well, whatever. I'm just saying. It's just a tree. Yeah. You know, we have a similar tree called Dawn Redwood that does great here. Does really yeah. like a, a cypress on steroids. It does fantastic. But anyway, uh, you said you try to repot it. Yoda says there is no do. Now, excuse me, there is no try. There is do or not do. Do or not, not do. <laughs> do or not do. So I go ahead and put it in another pot, Richard. 
Okay. I'll try that. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Yoda. I can't believe I'm quoting Yoda. Anyway, let's slide up uh, up to Tennessee. Bruce, how you doing this morning? All right. How you doing, Felder? So far, so good. What's going on? I got three bold questions. Um, I, I planted gladioles in a spot for 10 years now. Uh-huh. And the last, last year, they didn't flower. A, lo- a lot of them didn't flower. Hmm. Fertilizer, do they, do they need, or is it just... They've worn out. Are these new bulbs, uh, new corms, or you no, save them every year? No, no. I they, they stay in the ground. Yeah. Oh, uh, you, you dig them up and divide them or anything like that? I haven't, but no, I haven't you, seen a cluster. I haven't seen a cluster of them growing. They, they seem to be fading more than anything. Yeah. Well, if you know where they are, you know they they haven't started growing yet. You know, I've got a type of gladiolus. I that that blooms uh, early. I've got, it's got le- the old hardy gladiolus. I've got foliage on this probably eight or ten inches tall right now. But what I do is I go. It's a pretty weekend. Go out and uh, dig some of them up. Look at them. Shake the dirt off. And the the really nice full ones. Go ahead and replant them. In other words, just sort of freshen it up. Okay. Well, is there any other reason why they wouldn't flower? Not really. I mean, these gladiolus are native to South Africa. As long as they get some sunshine and yeah. warmth, you know, they you they, do they fine. Got to, they got both of that. You yeah. know? But but what happens is a gladiolus grows a new corm at the bottom of the old one, and okay, so they, they, get, they get deeper and deeper and deeper, and they multiply. And it could be that they just get thick or deep or something like that, and it just chokes them. So every now and then, digs at least some of them up, rework the dirt, replant them a little bit shallower. You got it. You got it. The second question is, I just planted some bulbs I found um, in a big circle. Mm-hmm. Now, I dug up the grass and all that, and I planted bulbs. Now, my question is, in a couple of weeks, some of this grasses and stuff are going to come up, and I got stones around it that I have to spray. Yeah. My question is, can I spray over those bulbs? In a couple of weeks? Some of them are two inches. The rest are all four to six. S- spray, spray for what? For for weed? No, 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 no. What what will kill uh, okay. what, what will kill weeds will kill your 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 bulbs. I didn't know if it would seep that far down and, and do it. That oh, that yeah. was my question. Oh yeah. Okay. Good enough. Okay, Bruce. Appreciate it, man. I thank you. I thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. You bet. Uh, I'm going to be posting a picture of my colorful lettuces and stuff on our, our podcast. If you're curious about this kind of stuff, even if you don't want to listen to the podcast every now and then, you know, Java puts this pr- thing up just pretty soon. As soon as he, he does a program after this one, but after that he puts it up. You know, if you don't see a picture of some of the colorful lettuces and leafy stuff you can plant right now with kids and all, we're going to have that at the uh, podcast. I don't know what the was it, MPB something. What what is it, Java? I mean, you know, I'm real bad at this kind of stuff. It's actually, um, yeah, you can go to mpbonline.org or um, uh, download the MPB. It's the simplest, easiest way. Download the MPB public media app, and everything is on your phone. It's already there. It comes automatically. So. But it'll have that at the mpbonline.org. Yeah, you can see you can see the pictures. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Appreciate that, man. Okay, let's uh, slide down to Jackson Levine. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Good. What's up? Uh, two things. One, my 
azaleas and some other outside plants are just have just totally overgrown. Is it too late to cut those back? Do I need to wait until they bloom? I, I would. If you cut them now, Levine, there go all of this flower. And they will flower next month. But if you cut them now, there go your flowers. Uh, you know, you can prune azaleas up until around the first part of July, and they'll still put out new growth and bloom next year. So there's not a rush on it. So okay. if you wanted to prune them because it's just a good weekend, you got something on your mind or your heart, just got to get out and clip something, you know, don't do all of it. Leave a few flowers. But, um, and, and by the way, you can cut these back. Are, are they big? Are they waist high, chest high, head high? Oh, yeah. they. I mean, they decided to turn into trees. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's what they want to do. Here's two different approaches. One is you can actually cut some of the lower branches and twigs off so they actually look like small trees where, you know, sort of like a, they'll have some, a few trunks and then leaves up higher and put you some monkey grass or something like that under it. You know, that way, you know, they'll get bigger and bigger, but you can see under them instead of having to look over them. But if you want to cut these things, and I I hate to say trust me because, you know, anytime somebody says that, my hackles go up. Mm -hmm. But you can trust me. I have cut azaleas to a foot and a half tall, old azaleas and hollies and boxwoods, and they sprout out like you would not believe. They come right back out. It's called rejuvenation. And your neighbors will talk about you, but it's been done for centuries. I've done it countless times. You can cut them back as far as you want. When the new growth comes out, go back and snip the tips off the new growth to make it bush out instead of shooting up overhead. So hard pruning. And then might need to stick a note on the refrigerator because we don't think about this. But uh, June or so, late June, early July, whatever grows this spring, cut it back and make it bush out. And it'll be fine. It, okay. it, will not, it will not kill the plants if you do this. It just makes you feel really creepy to look at it when you're done. Yeah, it just sticks, but it'll be okay. Trust uh, me, I've done this so many times. Okay, second thing, uh, I've had some beautiful amaryllis, um, and actually one of them is still blooming. It, that darn thing has grown up about two and a half feet tall and mm-hmm. has a beautiful bulb on it. Can I cut them back now? They're in pots. It'd be better if you if uh, you could keep them in a pot or you're going to put them in a yard or what? Well, that's what I'm trying to decide, which one I should do. I'd just put them out in the yard. But in that case, I would leave the leaves on there because they're sending energy down to make a bulb for next year's flower. Okay. And if they flop over, get you a coat hanger and make a little halo at the top and stick in the ground, so, sort of hold the leaves up a little bit. Okay. Will do. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay, and let's slide over to Jackson to talk to, is this Brian? What's up, yes, man? Yes, sir, this is Brian. Starting to run out of time, but what's going on? I, I see that. Hey, Felder, two quick questions for you. Uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to plant a Japanese maple in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, We're running out of time. Just been, the leaves have just been burned out. So yeah. can I, can I move, replant that somewhere in a shadier spot? Do it quick. That's, do it quick. Do it quick. Yeah. Second question, what can I put in there? I'm thinking about an eastern red bud, but there's no shade. Is that uh, is a red bud okay in that? Red bud, red bud's fine. Red bud is fine. It's a, it's a really good one. But anyway, plant your maple on a little on top of the ground and pile dirt up to it like a baseball pitcher's mound because the drainage is as important as the light shade here. 
All right. All righty, man. I believe that'll do it. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Felton. You bet. All righty. Hey, next Friday, Java, this is kind of rock and rolling today. Oh, yeah. You, we, won't, we won't point this A game this morning. And I'm not even on antihistamines yet. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee's kicking in. That's okay, folks. Uh, next Friday and Saturday, Crawford Arboretum, Picayune, Mississippi, their native plant sale. Three weeks after that, we're going to do this fun thing at the max, uh, MS Arts dot org uh, if you're interested in that we're gonna have a lot of fun got some fun stuff planned a lot of interesting things coming up we're gonna we're, I'm working with the the marketing folks here at MPB to put Felder and the Gestalt Gardener and maybe even Java on the road over the next couple of months to so get out and, and uh, stretch and get some fresh air and take this this uh, garden show on the road but uh meanwhile uh, we here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting appreciate you. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you being part of this this, this family, this team. If you get a chance this weekend, this beautiful weekend, get too early to plant tomatoes, plant some lettuce, take a kid to a garden center, to a farmer's market, show them how to do what we do best, folks. It's so important. Show kids, not only is it okay, but show them how to get dirty.